And our theme today is building a family that stands out. And we're reading from Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under the bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I think if we were to uh, take a straw poll about us making a stand or standing out of the crowd, most of us would probably avoid it. Yeah? Yes? No? And if there was a potential for criticism, isolation, or worse, we probably would do. You see, the natural inclination in human nature is to blend in and belong. Whether it's to a family unit, whether it's to a club, a society, a church, an organization, an institution, a wider community. And there, was a well-known, uh, there is a well-known daytime TV presenter who said recently, he said, people need people. And he was talking to a lady who'd rung in and she was feeling lonely, isolated. And his advice to her was to meet people. And do you know the first place he suggested she should go? Church. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Church. Of course, we need one another. And church is a place where we should find friendship and that sense of belonging. And while there have been movements throughout history that by their very nature have stood out and uh, reacted to the cultural norms, anyone remember the hippie movement of the 1960s? Any hippies here? (laughs) Uh, Then punk rock in the 70s. Any punk rock fans? Few nods, yeah. You know, the reality is, even within these distinctive social reactions... Within them, there is that strong sense of blending in and belonging within these groups. And we see it in other ways as well. In the ways, for example, criminal gangs, they can protect their own. Ethnic tribes, they can value loyalty over truth. Political ideologies, like communism, it it can esteem the collective rather than the individual and so on. And so for Jesus to say to us in Matthew 5 that we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. In other words, by the very fact that we are believers in Jesus, we're to stand out, make a stand, whether we like it or not. It's in our spiritual DNA. I think we probably need to be clear as to what he means and what that means for us today. And the first thing to note is Jesus is not talking to individuals, as is often thought. 
Neither is he talking specifically to gifted people who work in charities and communities and do wonderful mission trips like these two, what we may call the salt of the earth. He is talking to the church. He's talking to the church family. He's talking to every believer in Jesus, the body of Christ. You are is in plural. You are plural. It is corporate. It's the body of believers. It's about togetherness. And he doesn't mince his words. There's no explanation as to how we're to be the earth's salt or explanation how we're to be the light of the world. He simply says, you are the salt, not for yourself, but for the earth. Be salt. You are the light, not for yourself, but for the world. Be light. There's a command, an imperative to get out there and to be earth's salt and the world's light so that people may taste and see the goodness of God and give glory to him. And so in view of our sermon series where uh, we're looking at building faith, family and community, I want us to take a moment to look at this in a little bit more depth. And how we can build one another up as a church family to make more of a stand for Jesus in our lives, in our living. And how we do stand out as salt and light from the crowd as Jesus has called us to do. So let's first start with salt. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. There's two parts to this verse. There's the first part where he says, the earth's salt, be the earth's salt. And then the second is the consequence when we lose our saltiness. And I'll come on to that in a moment. We all know salt is essential when it comes to cooking. In fact, more than that, salt is essential in itself. And for most communities past and present, including biblical times, salt has always had a high value and many essential purposes. So it's used in preservation, preserving food. It's used in purifying. It's using for healing properties, disaffecting wounds. If you've ever swum in the the Dead Sea, anyone done that? you soon discover very quickly the cracks in your toes and elsewhere as this salt makes its way in and starts to bring healing to those areas of your bodies. You know, it's even used as a requirement as part of Hebrew sacrifices and covenants. So in Leviticus 2 verse 13, it says, and every offering of your grain offering, that's part of bringing our worship to God, you shall season with salt You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt, that value of salt. And then with Hebrew covenants, newborn babies were rubbed with salt. I said, sure, we do that today, but Ezekiel 16.4, it says, we do that to show a child will be raised to have integrity and always be truthful. So it's parents going home rubbing their children in salt (laughs) before lunch. (laughs) but above all of these things actually Jesus focuses on one aspect and that's the way salt is used for seasoning and flavor you are the salt 
of the earth. See, this is not about status, flavoring our own importance. This is about being. We're commanded to add flavor here on earth and to bring out the flavor in others on earth, just as salt does. And the flavor and the seasoning we're to add and to bring out is the Lord himself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is his word. It is his will. It is his ways. Psalm 34 verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's adding him into every situation we face. Not just on Sundays, but 24-7. It's bringing him out. His love, his grace, his mercy, his goodness into every moment that we encounter, whether it's an easy moment or not. It's being Jesus with every person that we meet, including our family, because very often, as Heather knows, they get the raw side sometimes. But it's bringing Jesus out in every moment with every person so that they can taste of him and his goodness. It's being pure salt. And I guess the question for us is, you know, what are people tasting of God and his goodness in the language that we use, in the conversations that we have, in the behavior that we display, in the way that we work, in our motives, in our goals, in our ambitions? How are we being earth salt The soul of purity, preservation, healing, righteousness. And righteousness is really what covenant is all about. Flavor and seasoning in our actions and interactions. I mean, we know when we come away from spending time with someone, whether we feel blessed or not, whether we feel encouraged and raised up, or whether we kind of leave with a bit of a sour taste on our heart and soul because of something they've done or said. But when people leave us, what do they taste? Do they feel blessed or not? And I guess for us as a church family, when people come into this building, how do they feel loved, accepted, welcomed? Is this a place where they feel that they can blend in and belong? Tim, <laughs> pour it all over you, my friend. Okay, just just so everyone's there. Okay, just you're holding that up. Just taste that. Just have a little taste. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah, you can have the whole lot if you like. Okay. Can I just confirm? Is is that salt? It's salty. Yep. Anyone else want to try test? See, this is Waitrose Coarse Crystal Sea Salt. And uh, what's the matter? Oh, time. Okay, so get on with it. Okay, don't do too much. It's salt, everybody. That is salt. (laughs) Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. This is who we are. See, salt is salty by nature. This is who we are in Christ. It's our identity. We are salt. And when we're in Christ Jesus... 
There's nothing to add or take out. When we make our stand in Jesus, this is who we are. Just as like holiness is holy, salt is salt, we are pure salt. And it's in that place that we can be the flavor and seasoning that God has designed and chosen us for. As we put our faith in him, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But you know, and the beautiful truth and reality is, is that this does not and will not change. Salt is salt. It does not and will not change. Unless. Unless it is compromised. Unless it is diluted. Unless it is mixed with another compound. Now I've got something white here. It's a bit like salt. Salt is white. Oops. Sorry. Okay, mixed in with the salt. Okay, Tim. Do you want to put your finger in that and taste that? Uh, I'm not that mean. You see, what I've just mixed in that is washing powder. (laughs) Tim's mouth frothing up when he has a drink of water, you know. See, this leads to the second part when Jesus says, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? We can't, you can't take out the salt from the washing powder. It's mixed in. It can be never be used again. And what do you do? Throw it out. And it's trampled underfoot. You see, Jesus is clear. We lose our salt when we compromise. When we dilute things that uh, are not to do with the salt. So when we compromise, if you like, the salt of biblical truth, what the Bible teaches us, when we compromise the word of God, we lose our flavor when we allow cultural trends to dilute the salt of spiritual truths revealed in scripture and by the Holy Spirit. We start to taste sour when we start to love more of the unsalty ways of the world rather than what God has revealed in the church. And sadly, over the years, and it's still very much true today, the church has allowed compromise to take place. And the consequence of compromise is always opening the door to being thrown out and trampled underfoot by men, as Jesus says here. And I think it's really important we understand this. Let me give a current Uh, example of compromise in the church today and it's to do with biblical marriage the biblical view of marriage now please hear me what I'm about to say is not a critique of society and culture today we live in a democracy it's right that civil liberties are there for every single person we honor those who govern us And this is certainly not a judgment on anyone and lifestyle or anything like this. And as a church and as individuals, we love, we welcome everyone. And the other thing to say is what's going on in the church is causing a lot of hurt. And that deeply saddens me. 
You see, the context that I'm speaking about is what is going on inside, within the church, more specifically, the Church of England. And the compromise the majority of our bishops at the moment, our leaders, have allowed in the various two synods, February and coming up to July, when it comes to promoting liturgical prayers for the blessing of same-sex marriage. Revising and changing a 2,000-year orthodox biblical understanding of marriage. And if you want the biblical context, I've written a whole load of texts um, for the life group leaders. Genesis 1.27, Genesis 2.24, Leviticus 28.22, Matthew 9.4-6, Mark 10.6-9, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 7, Romans 1, Ephesians 5, Hebrews 13, 1 Timothy 1, 1 Timothy 3. You've got it. You remembered it. It's in the notes. So I'm speaking within the church and the church leadership, our leaders. They've taken what is pure salt in terms of scripture. Quoting a biblical mandate in 1 John 4, 16. God is love and those who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And they've added to this salt a compromising. Effectively saying that the bishops today know more about love and the expression of love, even within the context of marriage, than the author of life who revealed the teaching and the scriptures that we have for these 2,000 years, which has been given to us in the first place. Now, yes, of course, God is love. This is the salt we are to flavor and season the earth with. I'm standing on what is revealed to me. It would be a lot easier if the Bible changes and it has changed over the years. That would make life a lot easier for all of us, but it hasn't. God's word stands secure. I'm standing on that which I signed up to a number of years ago to be, live, live in obedience with God's word. What I'm saying is, I think, important to be said, but nonetheless, it's what's been given in Scripture. You see, what is happening at the moment is they're talking about love. Love is from God. Yes, absolutely. But he sets the terms, not us. His love, his agape love is a costly love, not a compromising one. And we may not always get it. But to understand that Jesus died on the cross is if you like offensive to the mind, so that we might have love. His love is a costly love, not a compromising one. His love is a sacrifice love, where we give our love to everyone. And he even says, you love your enemies and do good to them and bless them. Not an easy thing to do. It's sacrificial. It's not a self-gratifying love. And you see, in terms of marriage, and marriage defined within the biblical context between a man and a woman, God's word stands secure. And so for our spiritual leaders of the Church of England, to add, if you like, a cultural value to the salt, to dilute it with the political pressure, yes, they're under enormous political pressure, with that which we've been given as the truth and the authority of God's word. It's like adding washing powder to salt. 
And again, this is not a judgment on them. On the situation when the church family starts to compromise truth, we lose our saltiness. And what happens, Jesus says, is thrown out and trampled on them. And I think this is what's happening in the church with many different situations. And at the heart of it, it's the issue about identity. Who we are, who people are. Knowing themselves for who they are. And who they are in Christ. And we're seeing so much compromise and mixing. See, Jesus says, we, the church together, are the salt of the earth. Be salt. There's a powerful kingdom call exclusively for us all together, without exception, as the church to make a stand and to stand out and flavor the earth with the goodness and love of God based on biblical truth. And I believe it is possible to do that in every situation when we stand firm on the truth. And that's why for us, you know, as we've revised our uh, mission statement, it's so timely, revealing the kingdom of God and the good news of Jesus. People need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Releasing the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's so much for us that God wants to do in and through us. Reviving faith, hope, and truth in the community in which we serve. And I spent some time on this because I believe it's important. And again, if it's stirring, challenging, upsetting, making you angry, please don't walk away, talk to me. You know, because I want to get this right. And this is challenging and difficult for me as a priest in the Church of England. With all kinds of questions, can I actually stay within the church when I see such things going on? That's what's going through my head at the moment with what I see going on, with what our leaders are doing. I find it deeply, deeply disturbing. God has given us his word and he wants us to walk in faith and obedience and it's not easy and it's challenging and it's countercultural, and yet he calls us to be salt but he also calls us to be light. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And how are we to be a light? Well, I kind of almost imagine Jesus having Jerusalem in his mind. And in Zion, especially at nighttime, these massive candles lit up, unmissable, shining in the darkness for everyone to see. Be light, Jesus says. And again, it's not about status, illuminating our ministries of who, and things like that. It's about being who we are, light. And if there's any potential misunderstanding about the source of light, we're reminded through scripture again and again and by Jesus himself is God is the source of this light. And Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, we are light for him because of what God has done in our lives. We can only be light for him because of the life that Jesus has won for us. And whereas salt is about flavor, light is about visibility. It's about being seen, not hidden, not fearful. There's a call for us to be visible light bearers for him. 
And yes, as we look in church history and today, there are extreme, when there are extreme persecution times, the church needs to go underground. But aside from that, there's an, a call for us to be unmissable in the world as his followers. To shine powerfully for him as his kingdom warriors, revealing and releasing his presence in all we do. In our worship, in our witness, in our welcome, in the way that we care, in the way that we love, in the way that we have friendship, in everything we do and say, in our home as well as in our work, in our resting as much as our serving, making that stand to shine and encouraging one another to shine even brighter. And you know, when we're salt and light, when people see, as Jesus says, these good works, actually the Greek word kalos is beautiful. I think the salt of the earth and the light of the world is a beautiful thing. That when they see this, they glorify God. And they're not glorifying a distant God that points the finger. They're glorifying a loving father that welcomes them home and embraces them as his children. So how do we build a family to make a stand and to stand out as salt and light? Well, I think the first thing to know is that we're not alone. Even when we feel alone in different situations, we're not alone. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You know, it can feel quite lonely in some of our work situations. Or when we're in uh, friendship or family situations, when uh, there are different values and, and language is colorful and all of those things and conversations are not the kind of conversations you necessarily want to have. All of those things are difficult. You see, making a stand and standing out is not an isolating thing, even though we might think it. It's doing it together. Pockets of light shining in different places, bringing light. And we can encourage one another as disciples of Jesus. And this is what we're doing. Going deeper to know and understand God's word. I find a lot of people question and challenge the Bible and they've barely read it. Open the pages. Read it. See actually what God is saying. He knows best. Having a greater passion for his presence. Because he, as we do that, we change the atmospheres around us. And I need encouragement. I need support. I need help from you as much as you need it from one another for us to do this. And especially in those environments that are challenging and testing. You know, for us to be the salt, that flavor, and to be the light that shines. But we're not alone. So when you feel in your workplace or, or family or friend situation isolated, you're not alone. Call up a friend. Can you pray? Have a conversation. Can you encourage me? So that we know that God's calling is for us to do it together. Why do you think Jesus sent them out in twos? Because at the heart of this is we do it together. 
And then the second thing to know is that this flavor and brightness, the flavorsome and brightest place to be for us is in the Father's will. I think sometimes we look at this, this kind of teaching and this challenge as if it's bad for us. This is the very best for us. The most flavorsome and brightest place is to stay obedient to God's word and his will. And it's not just for us and the benefit for us, but it really is for people around us. And so not joining in with the the backbiting in an office or the mockery of another person, actually standing up, supporting them, making a difference, really does make a difference. I know when I was teaching for 10 years, the staff room was one of the most negative places on earth. It's extraordinary. We're meant to be teaching these kids and the backbiting and all of that. They think, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. I'm going to speak well of people and get alongside those who might be isolated and befriend them. That changes the atmosphere. And it doesn't mean being a doormat, you know, because light is bright, darkness has to flee. Salt is flavorsome. It changes the flavor. That is what Jesus wants of us. Raising up someone who looks ignored. Get alongside them. Love them. Hug them. Even in the hardest situations for us to be salt and light. So on Monday morning, if you're feeling grumpy, walk into the office with a a warm smile and say good morning. Feeling tired, Offer to make a coffee for someone, even though they'll never make you one. On your way in the car, ask the Lord for a word of encouragement for someone. And just get alongside and say, I just, on the way, heard God say this. And trust him. See, that is being salt and light in the simplest of ways. And you know what's interesting as well? Not only is it the most flavorsome and brightest place to be in the Father's will, it is the safest. It is the safest. It's the safest place to avoid being thrown out and trampled on. I think it's interesting to note, and just jumping back to the Beatitudes, when Jesus talks about persecution, persecution for righteousness' sake brings blessing. Persecution, when there's disobedience, brings trampling. And sadly, too often the church has suffered because of its own disobedience to God's word and the Holy Spirit and its withdrawal from the truth. And even you hear sometimes Christians saying that they're under attack when actually they're living lives that don't conform to God's word or his will or his ways. And that's not a place for us to be. I know this is challenging stuff for us. But I don't believe that God wants us always to be in the comfort zone. It's uncomfortable for me to say this stuff because I'm as much looking in the mirror as you are. And it's uncomfortable to hear this because I think God is wanting to raise us up another level in what it means to be salt and light. And you know the opportunities for us are out there. 
There have been various words given about the increasing spirit of deception at work in the world today. People are being deceived about all kinds of things, and it's at every level from government all the way down. And God has revealed to us who we are, our identity. He's revealed to us what he's called us to do, our purpose. He's revealed to us where we're heading, our destiny. And he just wants to take hold of that which he's given us and say, be salt, be light. Because that is what he's calling us to. And I guess he just wants us to say, yes, and amen. Can we stand as we pray?